What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonson. Today's guest on the show is Zane Schweitzer. Um, Zane is one of my favorite guys to interview, also to surf with. Um, if you haven't spent time with Zane, and if you don't know who he is, go check him out on Instagram at Zaniac1. Z-A-N-I-A-C number one. Um, he lives on Maui. He fully charges on everything. Comes from a windsurfing water sport, um, waterman pedigree. His dad was a world champion windsurfer. His grandfather invented the sport. Um, and he just grew up in it. He is comfortable in any surf on any board. And the impetus of this podcast was a recent photo uh, session at Jaws last week where Zane winged in uh, on foil through the wing and rode, I don't know, 50-foot wave on foil. Uh, he, recount, he recounts that story, that session, um, at the beginning of the show, and then we dive into a more normal podcast. It's good, though. Um, actually, a lot of things that I've been kind of contemplating over the last couple of days um, since recording this show. Uh, Zane is an excellent teacher as well. He's an excellent coach. And so the way that he breaks things down is not necessarily from an intuitive athlete perspective, but one of intuitively understanding, but then also understanding the coaching perspective and being able to articulate that in a way that... Uh, you can understand no matter what your level is. So if you did not listen to the first show with Zane, it's one of the best pumping breakdowns. Uh, it's something that I reference all the time when I am explaining different pump techniques for people uh, pumping different wings. So it's great. Uh, one note before we jump in, um, if you want to order the new Takuma gear, support Big Wins, bigwins.com. You get a 10% discount on all Takuma Concept foil-related foil gear from Big Winds. Um, make sure you call. Ask for TJ, and he'll make sure that you get that 10% discount. Um, he uh, sent me a note and said, make sure you want to you do that if you want to get that discount. It's good. They're taking pre-orders right now for the Kajira. My understanding is that the container, which has been delayed, is coming within about a month. So um, I think it's going to sell out. Um, if you want to get one, jump on it. I have the 980 now. I have the 1210 coming, which I'm really excited about. I did a, a shore runner yesterday in about, I don't know, one foot surf with, I mean, it was it was really small. It was good angle and swell. And the 980 in the energy when I was riding waves, just unbelievable. Felt like I was riding like Pavones in Costa Rica or something like that. It was a north swell and just running down the beach. But the stall speed on pump um, I was wearing my GPS and it seems like the stall speed for me is about 11 or 12 miles an hour, which is really fast. Um, most foils, the 1300 for me is probably about eight miles an hour stall speed. And so the energy requirement of pumping your stall speed is so much higher than when you get kind of into that optimal range. I think I normally pump that wing at about 14 miles an hour. Um, but, uh, with the current running down the coast, it was, uh, was kind of hard for me to keep it up. So I'm excited to get the 1210. Um, and if you want to check out kind of what that wing 
uh, looks like in smaller surf. I dropped a, a, a video on Instagram, the dot progression dot project uh, a couple of days ago. Go check that out. That'll give you a good, I always say, and I said this on the last podcast, if you guys listen frequently, you know this, but um, check out how people ride foils, not just what they're saying. I think that's the best indicator. Um, and I think that the, uh, the Kajira is a uh, very solid foil for pumping. It doesn't really sacrifice that much. That's what I like about it. Um, so I've got a bunch of stuff, I think, coming to test over the next couple months that I'm really excited about too. Um, we are in a very exciting time for foils. It's kind of like we've paid our dues over the last, you know, get getting to where we are now. Hopefully everyone's pumping around ripping and now we're going to get to take advantage of that work with uh, this whole new kind of design mentality of wings that pump and surf. You're not really compromising anymore. Kajira really made me feel that. And I think we're going to we're going to see that being the next big thing is you're not going to have to decide whether or not you want to go out there and surf. You want to be up on foil for a long time. So exciting. All right. Uh, let's get into the show with Zane. Um, we took a lot of, of, uh, of questions and I appreciate everybody sending them in, but then we ran out of time. So we did not get to the questions. Most of the topics you guys emailed about or, or sent me DMs about, we did cover. Um, but uh, there was a, uh, a jaw swell picking up as we were recording this and we had about an hour and 10 minutes and then, and then Zane had to bounce to prep the boat for the session. So, um, I apologize. I'm sure that he'll be back on the show again and we can dive into that, but we, we did cover most of it, but, um, thanks for sending the questions and, um, I always try to get you those, but, but on this one, we just ran out of time. It was such a good conversation. We just kind of just blew through the whole thing. Um, enjoy. Hit me with questions, comments, feedbacks, and uh, hope everybody's good. Zane, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How are you? Doing great. Doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Always super good to catch up, man. I like it every, every six months or so. We get to say what's up. We do it on a podcast. It's beautiful. Um, bro, what you just put out the internets are buzzing about in the last week kind of blew my mind and i thought it'd be super fun to get you on the show just kind of talk about it man just bring us into that experience yeah well i mean um we've all been kind of getting excited for winter season here in, in maui and throughout the island and so for the opening swell of winter on december 2nd there was a lot of hype and anticipation around it um and I wasn't sure how crowded it was going to be, you know, with COVID and everything. Um, but I kind of, we were all kind of expecting it to be pretty, pretty, pretty much of a, of a zoo. Um, so I wanted to get out there and get familiar with it before and after the swell hit and after it's on its way down, you know, just so I could have more time out there for the first swell. So actually the day before the swell hit on first, um, it kind of started hitting late in the afternoon into the evening. So I, I drove my boat up there and studied it with two friends and Adam and, and Robbie. And we, uh, you know, it was really small baby Steve Roberson, like a young 12 year old kid was out there toe surfing, practicing for the, the big day as well. And, That's it. and, um, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to, especially before the waves get serious the following day be able to test out this new foil I have 
And um, so AK Durable Supply Co., um, my new foil sponsor, they sent me an 800 monoclog, which is like a, has a 95 centimeter mast. It's the tallest mast I've ever owned, smallest wing I've ever had. Um, and I was, I was, I've been psyching to try this thing out, but I haven't really had enough of a motivation to get it out there until, until this first big swell. And so what a better way to test it than throwing it right out into the ocean at Jaws. <laughs> first feels on a foil. So, um, Love it. Yeah. I, um, I remember getting in on the wing, um, at Peahi that first day and it was actually really tough to continue riding with the wing um and so i learned a lot that first session as the as the swell was on the rise and you know when i say small jaws you know it's it's still minimum 12 to 12 foot 15 foot hawaiian um so it was still exciting with the wind wing and the foil what was the um, challenge even though it was, what, what was the challenge yeah, of having the wing was it just the amount of um you know drag from the wind the amount of apparent wind and speed moving forward. So not just speed moving forward, but the apparent wind coming up the face of the wave and out the back. And so as soon as I would let go of the wing to like ride a wave as, as you normally would, it was just like handbrake on, on the highway, just full. And it, it was actually a, a big challenge to overcome that day is like, can I even ride a wave? with the wing you know um or at least with one hand disconnected and holding it behind me and i, I kind of realized that i don't think it's, it was possible um so, so then i started thinking oh well i could probably let go of this thing and just ditch the leash and let it blow away and, and ride ride downwind but i uh, but we weren't we're the only people out there pretty much and um i didn't want to do that without having you know, someone to chase after my wing just in case it continued blowing away. Um, so the next day, though, was, was the real game day. And, uh, of course, the main focus was surfing and, and stand-up paddle. Um, we got out there at sunrise, and, you know, of course, Akai was already blowing up. Kai Lenny was, was freaking on fire that day. It was, it was uh, really exciting to, to be out in the water with with him you know all he's always kind of uh showing us showing us how much we should we should all be pushing it <laughs> and so um getting out in the water first on my stand-up paddle board uh early in the morning was was a good opportunity for me to study the lineup you know i usually like to do that on big days um before i get out on my surfboard go stand up paddle it um so that i could you know better understand my landmarks and my lineup and uh, have that little little extra confidence uh, and paddle power to get into the waves. And man, I stayed out for probably four hours on my stand-up paddle board, just getting a bunch of really nice rides. Some of my best ones ones yet on the paddle board. Do you ride the same um, board when you stand up out there as when you when you prone paddling? Yes, I do. I, I use a um a ten seven by twenty and three fourths bark boards gun yeah. so joe bark shapes my bre- all maddie my brother and i's guns and um yeah i've been trying to i've been working with him over the years on something that i can paddle and surf comfortably 
And so that's been a big goal with uh, some of our board shaping over the years. And the reason for that being is, you know, I don't have, I don't have a crazy um, uh, budget for jaw swells normally. And so um, a lot of the time just doing this for full passion, jumping off the, you know, hiking down the cliffs, jumping off the rocks. Um, and in that case, it's, uh, you know, you can't really bring a bunch of gear. You, you have, I'll tie, I'll bring one board and my paddle and, if I get bored paddling, I'll tie off my paddle on one of the buoys and then I could surf it. Um, so that's, yeah, that's fun and super exciting. But when the wind continued to pick up that day, it got to a certain point where everyone stopped catching waves. It just got, it got extra challenging more than it already is to paddle into 40 footers. Like, you know, it was with all that extra wind blowing up the face, people started slowing down on catching waves and, at this point, I already had, you know, one of my, uh, for sure, the biggest wave I've ever caught in my head and one of my worst wipeouts I've ever had. Was that the and, video um, that that Kai posted? I, I saw a couple different angles of it where you you did the, the stand-up and bail on your stand-up and Kai was kind of in the barrel looking at, was it Nathan's board going over the falls? That, that wave? Exactly. So Nathan Florence, Eli Olson, Kai Lenny and I pretty much all got on it i was just a little bit deeper in front of the apex um it looked like kai and, and nathan kind of maybe were able to get under the initial lip but then their boards went back over and so i'm pretty sure eli nathan and kai all got like made it under but then sucked back over um and I, I was just right in front of it, and I, I, I didn't have much time to react. I just dove off and held on to my paddle and uh, was able to not lose the paddle through the three bombs on the head. And, Oof. you know, interestingly enough, you know, I've, I learned from Brian Kailana and, and a few other big wave surfers how you could actually utilize the paddle to help you lift back to the surface. And so I was using that technique as I was being dragged in by my board and the wave, you know, holding the paddle behind me, pulling slight pressure down on it and using it as a foil to lift me back to the surface as I get dragged in. And um, that technique allowed me to save CO2 cartridges um, because I, I didn't have to pull my CO2 cartridge for the first two wipeouts. Unreal. Um, and the, the third and fourth were, were the worst of it though. Um, and I didn't think they'd be because I was already on the inside, but I must have just been on the edge of the ledge um, where the bottom of the ocean kind of just was going from shallow to deep again on the inside. And I think I got inside, caught inside of a vortex or like an underwater cycle as the water passed it back in the deep water. And I got sucked down so deep, pulled my vest and felt it fill with air and continued to go to get dragged deeper and deeper and then i pulled and then i pulled another co2 you know so at this point i was starting to feel good you know which is kind of a warning sign that <laughs> yeah. you know you you might be getting deprived of oxygen and so i started to feel kind of tingly and like oh yeah and i'm like i better pull another pulled another and uh filled up even more but still was getting sent down 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 and uh, I remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to have to wait till she lets me up. 
And um, eventually, you know, it felt like a while later, but it was probably just moments later, you know, I started to feel myself floating to the surface. And, you know, at that point, I almost got killed by a jet ski. (laughs) (laughs) Because right, right when I hit the surface, one of Kai Lenny's jet ski, one of, uh, I think, four of Kai Lenny's jet ski guys were, were buzzing back and forth looking for him. And right when I hit the surface, I'm talking one to two foot away from my head, the jet ski buzzed by. And to, to me, that's the scariest part about surfing Jaws is, you know, you, you got you've got a lot of people out there and most of them want at least one safety guy. <laughs> and um, when those people are buzzing back and forth through the lineup, it's a hell of a lot more dangerous than the waves. Um, yeah, oh, so that scary, was kind man. of, that was a little scary for sure. Just knowing, knowing that I went through the worst of it for the day at least and feeling calm and cool and collected and okay, I can do this. But then almost getting hit by the jet ski was like, holy shit, there's, there's so many other things that can happen out here. Um, and, uh, some of them are out of our control and, um, yeah, I've always gone out with no safety, no boat just on my own, hundred percent for fun and for the love of it. And, uh, after that incident, my dad pretty much was like, dude, you're, I'm not going to even let you go out there anymore unless you have safety on you because, you know, every one of those guys that were catching waves that day had a boat, a film crew, a jet ski. And, you know, it's like, and so my brother stepped up to the plate and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll be your jet ski captain. And that day after the swell, I went and went jet ski shopping and freaking got a jet ski. And, um, <laughs> so sick. and so now I'm going to try and take things a little more seriously and be a little more calculated with, you know, I'm working with my brother and, uh, you know, making sure, making sure I'm not going to get run over by someone else's ski, but also feel the confidence to be able to keep pushing it. And, you know, cause every winter we're pushing it more and more. And, and I think it, I, I want to be able to keep, keep uh, pushing my personal comfort zone. And um, yeah, so I just figured it's time to maybe learn from Kai and Ian and Billy and all those guys and, just pull the trigger and uh and do it and um yeah so i'm really excited for this winter and anyway i've got a little bit backtracked from our conversation here we're talking about foiling and i was anyway, talking about all of it man <clears throat> the progression project started out about about learning so we can, we can do whatever we want um <laughs> oh, like, yeah i learned a lot that day and uh the biggest learning lesson i think came once the wind picked up you know, I, I decided to, before everyone got towing, you know, I, I was one of the first people to, to head back into the boat once the wind got on. And I was, I knew the wind was going to keep coming up and I was like, oh, maybe I could um get out there with my wing before it gets too crazy with jet skis. Because it, it kind of, once it goes from paddling in to towing in, it's a whole different freaking vibe. Like the, the paddlers have priority. As soon as the, the wind comes up and paddlers come in and stop catching waves, then you have, you know, 15 jet skis buzzing back and forth, fighting for waves. And it's, it's almost more scary um, as far as, like, the aggression out there. Um, and so I wanted to try and get out before 
all the towers. So I went back to the, my friend Kavika Kinimaka's boat. He's a local West Side fisherman, one of my best friends I went to high school with, and um, he, he wanted to see the waves at Jaws. So um, I threw my foil gear in his boat and got to go pump up my wing and set up the foil and um, was was uh, you know going making my way upwind towards the point, just thinking, oh, how much am I really gonna send it? <laughs> you know, like do I want to <laughs> take off at the north? at the North peak and, and see if I can make it around West bowl or do I want to just full on shoulder soldier it and play it safe. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, my biggest concern was putting other people in danger. Um, I didn't have a leash for my board because that would have been probably unsafe uh, for me. And I didn't have a leash on my wing because, as I learned the day before, it was pretty much impossible to ride a wave while holding the wing. Um, so I decided to, um, you know, kind of play more so on the West Bowl, um, which which is known to be the more hollow section, but it's also a lot closer to the channel. Um, so I was able to, you know, make my way upwind get into a few rollers and, and slowly make my way close to the peak. And finally, when after catching a few on the shoulder and kind of get an idea of, of maybe my line and, and where I was going to go towards, I was rolling into a, a bump from the outside. And I think Kyle Lenny was, was on it too with me. This is one of my best rides. Um, Kyle Lenny was, was towing with his guy deep, uh, deeper than me. And I remember holding my wing coming into the, the West Bowl and it was starting to stand up steeper and steeper. And I'm like watching Kai let go of the rope and do a bottom turn. And I'm like, oh, I better let go right now too or before this thing gets too steep. Because as I learned the day before, once the wave actually starts to form and go from a rolling swell to a wave, it was, you know, all the apparent wind becomes so radical where it's blowing up the face and to the sky and so before once I started to feel that drag from the apparent wind I let go of the wing and that transition from like holding the wing being powered up and having that stability to just letting everything go I almost ate shit like (laughs) you know like you know going just completely maxing out the speed of my 800 before the wave is even broke and at the top of the thing, letting go of the wing and just going from relying upon leaning into the wind to relying upon solely being over the, the front of the board. And so I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, yeah. but it was to, to me, that was probably the one of the greatest things that I felt was like, oh, wow, that was the closest I, I had to a serious wipeout was like being at the top of one that's coming closer to breaking. And um, there's, you know, letting go of the, the wind and having that transition of control from, from leaning into the wind to, to foiling over the board. Like ha- had a weird little wobble, recovered from it. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is working. <laughs> you know, I'm going about uh, probably as fast as I've ever gone on a foil, most definitely. And um I felt like I couldn't even make it to the bottom of the wave. I mean, I was, I was going 
like down, 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 and the foil just couldn't get fast enough to, to get to the bottom of the wave. And so I was kind of stuck, like high to mid face. And if I wanted to accelerate, I had to go yeah, down the line, either deeper or towards the shoulder. And um, yeah, so that was that was pretty damn exciting. And I remember getting uh, towards the end of the wave and just uh, had had a my one wipe out of the day on the wing was was on that wave with Kai, where um, you know I got got going and then by the time of the I kind of got close to the end of the ride I felt the foil just lifting 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 and I'm just putting all my body over my front foot and ended up just breaching barely and then did a big old face plant at the bottom of the wave and um but it was it was totally cool my board was like right there I was able to you know it, it made its way into the channel and didn't hurt anyone my wing actually just, I was surprised it, it, how close it was to the waves. You know, like I figured my wing would just blow away in the wind. And I, I communicated with one of the jet ski drivers, um, Grant Henry. He's one of the old leg, old school legends for being for water safety. And, you know, before I let go, you know, I looked at him and I was like, you got this. And he looked at me like with the, with the look, like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and so what are you doing? I let go of the thing. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Cause no words were exchanged. You know, I'm just on the, on the wave. I look at him, he looks at me. I'm like, yep, let go. And then he buzzes after it. And by the time I, I got back to my board after the wipeout, my foot, my wing almost, was back in the lineup which then i was like holy shit i really hope my wing doesn't get caught by a wave and number one hurt someone or hit someone and number two it's definitely going to just get obliterated um and because it wasn't super strong you know i um i would say it was maybe 15 20 knots at the most um, and I was able to just get the, get the 800 centimeter foil off the water, you know, pumping, pumping. I was on a small little board, low volume sinking, you know, just standing there waiting for a gust. And then I was barely able to get the foil off the water. Right. And so that was kind of the happy medium. If I had something any smaller on that windy of the day, I might not have been able to even get it up on my own. Um, but then again, it was too big for the wave. Um, so I'm thinking you're solving for like two very different problems there. Yes. Yes. So I'm thinking this swell coming up tomorrow will be a a big day for the foil again. It's going to be slightly more windy than this last swell. And, um, yeah, so that could allow for maybe another, another wing session. I haven't quite gotten a smaller custom wing built yet. So I've been talking with Kane the wild here on Maui about um, about doing some some custom tail and and front wings to just you know it's personalized for for um Peahi. and it's so funny because after these photos have been floating around on the internet people are like oh my god you're crazy that's not what those are made for and it's like actually yep that's exactly what it was made for um we're just going back full circle 
you know, and when I say that, you know, I mean, my, my uncle Brett Lickle was pretty much the first one to throw a foil on a surfboard and it was to surf jaws, you know, it was to surf big waves. It was to slice through giant chop. And, um, and so we could learn a lot from the early pioneers of hydrofoiling as we continue to get back into big wave foiling. And so um, I actually just busted out my first generation Rush Randall hydrofoil the other day and um, started looking at some custom G10 wings that Brett Lickle and Laird Hamilton used to use at Peahi. And um, that was my first ever hydrofoil. You know, um, I, I learned on a original Rush Randall first gen with uh, a custom G10, um, Laird Hamilton, Brett Lickle, a Peahi wing. And, um, that's what I first learned on and looking at this thing again, it was like, holy crap, this is a different beast, you know, completely different from what we've been riding, uh, without a difference into the wave. Um, how, how so can you kind of talk through what the differences are? Um, well, I'd say up to a third of the size of some of the other wings. Like, um, I'd say a lot of people in, in our, in the U S are probably riding, anywhere from 1200 to you know 1800 um i'm talking like three to five hundred um tiny little things that are razor sharp very thin double oiled um almost 50 it seems like um and so that's really interesting you know just to have that knowledge still still accessible to us because you know we've got guys like kai and and myself that that want to see how far we could take it on the foil and, and play around with it when the opportunities present itself and you know for for me that was a huge part of it, it was I'm, I'm not trying to be this crazy guy going and doing something wild like no for me i saw everyone getting ready with the jet skis and I wanted to tow too, but I didn't own a jet ski. And so I used my wing to get into the wave. And the only way to do that was with a foil. And so don't get me wrong. If I had a jet ski, I probably would have went straight tow surfing. Um, but, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, I, I thought it was, um, it was a good time to, to give it a go. And it was yeah, quite the learning experience at the very least. It's like a soul surfer's towing. Yeah, and I think uh, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for that in the future too. You know, I've already kind of thought about um, you know the possibilities of you know more of that happening. You know, um, you know, I originally was thinking maybe put a fishing lead on the end of my leash um, so that when we let so if this does start to become something that like people actually do, you know. You could toss the wing, and then the the lead will hold the wing against the water, and it won't blow away. You could do but, a sea anchor, something super light that just kind of sits. I don't know how much current's out there, but it wouldn't let it drift. Yeah, that. And that's what I learned. It's it's probably not going to work because the current pulls back to the peak. Ah. And so if I were to have a sea anchor or even just a lead with holding the wing down, then we would be putting the other riders in more danger. And so. I think the most appropriate way to do it, unfortunately, still requires a freaking jet ski. <laughs> and that's, you know, having someone retrieving the wing. Even if it's just one ski for a few wing riders, 
you know, you could be, you know, having, uh, you know, three riders get into the first set of three waves and then their wings are slowly blowing downwind and you have a jet ski go retrieve them. Or um, how, how far from the peak and the impact zone are you letting go of the wing? Could you just kind of rotate with somebody else who could sit kind of where you're going to drop the wing and just paddle over and hold on to it and you guys just take turns? Yeah, if you want to sit in the middle of a train track waiting for a freaking well, yeah, that's what I didn't to know. drop on you. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that probably um, it's an option, I think. But um, I was, uh, I think it's totally doable, though, for sure. Um, I think there's going to be more of it happening. I, w- I wouldn't doubt it if um, I'm, I'm actually excited to see if I could get going on just my tow board with with the wing get into get into a day at Peahi with the tow board no foil um but in that case in that case it would need to be very windy and it would probably be a very rough ride have you, you seen know? uh nathan's been um towing on like a surfboard um, van kerr or, or van yeah uh, van buren the one from south africa correct yeah He's a pretty light dude, but he's so been cool. just towing around on like a little quad fish, making it look really fun. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. I, I love surfing and foiling with him in South Africa when I visited last year. He, he's a he's a really cool kid and he's he freaking kills it, man. I've definitely been following his social and I see he's been having fun with the kite board. It looks like or the fish or whatever. Um, I, I actually still haven't gone with the wing on a strapped kite board or a tow board um you know i've been i've been teaching quite a bit of foiling and wing riding here on maui and i usually teach first timers on a sup board and so you know i've played around on a big sup board but uh but yeah i'm pr- probably gonna have to bust out the strap tow board or kite board for one of these swells and play around like that um it's unreal. So what were the feels on that 800 when you were at speed? Did, did you start to feel like a cavitation underwater? Was it a turbulent feeling? Like, I don't have experience foiling at incredibly high speeds. And I don't know if you know how fast you were going, but I can only imagine that things feel very different than when you're going, you know, 15 miles an hour. Um... I could definitely have my foot straps a good two inches further forward, uh, maybe even foil box closer to the tail. Um, definitely smaller tail wing and front wing because it just felt like I was doing everything I could to, to keep in front of it, which started to feel un- off balance. Um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to just send, keep the nose level or keep the board neutral, um, as opposed to just riding the wave, you know, you're, you're just pushing forward as opposed to controlling your line. And so I noticed with all that weight pushing forward, the control side to side was, was weird. It was wobbly and kind of funky. Um, what I, I definitely initially noticed the speed and how loose it was like, that wing being so damn small, like, holy cow, did it, was it loose? Like I could, I could turn that thing on a dime, like so quick. 
And, uh, but once I started getting into high speed on the wave, it was like just that turning kind of went away. That loose turning, turny feel went away. And then it was just everything to keep the board just controlled, which isn't necessarily the most fun feeling. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to just get a, get it a little bit more balanced and comfortable so that I could actually start to enjoy and surf it a little more. Cause I felt like on it in all honesty, I felt like I was just freaking holding on. Um, you know what I mean? (laughs) I felt that in head high, a little overhead waves. I can't imagine what it feels like in something like that. Um, and then also just navigating when you fall, having that foil there with you going that fast. Um, that, that always, you know, I hit my foil this morning, not too bad, but, um, twice I've hit it in the last week and I'm wearing a wetsuit right now. It's a little cold and I'm thankful I'm wearing a wetsuit right now. Cause I feel like at least the first one definitely would have cut me, cut my wetsuit. Um, where, what foils have you been using? Oh man, I'm testing all sorts of stuff. Zane. Um, uh, have you rode that new Puma concepts rated edge foil? That's what I've been just geeking on right now. I love it. It's really good. The what? 1000 or the 1010 or is it 900? It's 980. Um, that's the one uh, holy i was really impressed with out of all the foils i've i've tested outside of my own personal stuff that was like one of the first foils that i like jumped on and immediately felt comfortable with yeah what, what did you did so did you ride it with the base plate shim was it all like tuned up for you it took me a long time to get I that i have thing no idea i i used i used kahi picaro's one we just switched off real quick um the sustainable coastlines hawaii parlay kahi on oahu uh-huh he, he came to visit Maui for one of our beach cleanup events and we, we did some sessions together and, and yeah, and he was, he was raving about it and yep. you know, everyone raves about their own shit. And so I kind of, I, I kind of <laughs> was like brushing it off, like, eh, eh, eh. but then I finally jumped on. I was like, Oh, there's definitely something special about this thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. And actually he's helped me out a whole lot. Um, he's Instakahi on, on Instagram. If you guys want to give him a follow, uh, he's helped me yeah, out a whole lot in getting it, getting it tuned right because out of the box, I I didn't like it. You know, it's like somehow um, the the mast angle relative to the foil, like the fuse is kind of weird. And so you have to shim the base plate. So his was all tuned up, I'm sure, when you felt it because he was one of the guys who helped me get it tuned up. But you have to shim the base plate. I'm pretty but, sure he had shims on the tail wing too, I want to say. He, he might have, I don't know what tail he was riding. Um, I've played with a lot of tails. I'm playing with, uh, Kane's tails and I really like the, the stock tail now too. It's like got a lot more efficiency and pump. The cane tail turns a little bit better. So it just depends on how, yeah, how yeah. much energy is in the ocean, what tail I'm riding. But like when you get that thing tuned up, man, it's like turns so good and then still pumps so good. And it's so tiny. Like I'm not a small dude. Yeah. I can pump a 980 like really good. Um, it's great. No, I'm, I'm actually really surprised. I, I took, a, I went back to the drawing board after using that, that foil. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the foil I used at Peahi looks most like that foil more than any of my others. And so I've actually tested, this is, uh, this is actually kind of a really funny test because I kicked out of a few waves at Peahi after riding that 800 
And I was able to pump back after the wings. Wow. I was like, I was like pumping back, like chasing the wings and pumping back out to the ocean. And I was like, geez, if I could pump this thing, this is not for freaking surfing jaws. Um, (laughs) 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 You know, but, and so I, I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to try that thing in small waves and, uh, and, and, and ride that bad boy because I think, I think there's going to be like a lot of loose riding ability with it um, while still having that extra speed range to keep it pumping. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's going to be the direction we start to see more and more with, with foil development and, and maybe even personal rider preference is speed over lift, you know, yeah. and if you, if you could have that speed, um, and keep in that, that high gear, that high range of speed, you could say, then you could keep the foil up and moving. Yep. Um, but it's hard to be able to be in that low speed range and, and pick it back up. Yep. Um, you know, you just touched on something there that has been kind of my focus for the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. And it's been solidifying. And then last night I had a moment where it all just kind of came together. And that is like, that's the belief I've had lately is that, you know, velocity is a squared term in the lift function in the lift equation. And so by being able to stay at a higher speed, you can, you can ride a much smaller wing. And, um, like what you were just yep. saying in there, like I call it like Florida pinball. Like I'm trying to like, just turn, I try to stay like on rail the whole time. I try not to go straight that much anymore because you're going so much faster and accelerating. And I try to pick out points like in the chop or swell where, where I think there's a little bit more energy and then bank my turns there. And then as soon as I'm coming around from that turn, I'm like looking for the next bank and you can basically, and you said this and I didn't understand it at the point. It's interesting as I have these conversations with folks that are better than I am, they'll say something and it means something to me when they say it. But then as you know, my learning process unfolds. I understand three months, six months later what they really meant. And the last time we talked, um, you had said that you like to turn, like, you know, S turn for pumping. And I kind of thought that you meant like the short board, like S turn in the trough. But what I realize now is like, what you're really doing is you're like doing those bank turns, finding that energy. And if your foil is efficient enough, you can kind of power up at those top, like inflection points of the turn and then carry all that speed to the next one. And as long as you can keep yep. that foil going. So I took out and, and, and um, last night I took that out. Was a, the first, that was one of the, that was the last podcast we did together, right? Where we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mention it because I just had someone um, reach out to me via Instagram uh, asking about that podcast. And they were saying how helpful the side to side S turn pump was. Um, and so, so yeah, anyway, continue. <laughs> so, so last night I took out a foil that I used to love. It's my biggest like high aspect foil. It's the uh, Albatross 250. It's a good foil. It's like incredibly easy to pump. And, you know, I, I use it sometimes when I wing or it's my dock start foil now, you know. And, but I took it out in really small surf and I thought I was just going to be able to glide around. But the thing is, it's so big. It's got to be twice the size of the, of the 980 that I'm riding now that there's so much drag that I couldn't. I couldn't do like those turns and keep the speed. So it ended up taking me a lot more energy to ride yeah. that foil in small surf than the little foil. And I was like blown away 
by how now you have to be good enough to be able to do those turns and to not bobble because you know the 980 has a pretty high stall speed so if you mess up it's over where the 210 like or the 250 like you can get down to like five miles an hour and pump that thing back up right but um yeah it was just really and that that's i think goes back to like what you want to do with the foil like like you you were starting to see like different demographics of foilers and you know the only time i am ever going to go back to using a foil like you're saying is if i want to do flat water starts yep um on a paddleboard like meaning board against the water dead stop and then paddling to speed enough to pump it up off the water yep you know that that's the only time that i feel like oh i need a bigger foil yep is you know is is if i'm trying to do a forced fly i like to call it from a paddle start um and uh but besides that exactly what you're describing i'm feeling that way too whereas like the just don't even want to ride a big foil anymore because it just takes away from the turning and the speed and that that uh that sense of fifth gear uh, glide, you know? <laughs> yep. The, and then the other one that I've been thinking about a whole lot lately is I used to think about pumping as far as like energy to stay up on foil. But now I look at it as an energy for distance. So while it's easier to stay up pumping on the 250, you're actually going so much slower that to get from point A to point B requires a much longer duration of pumping where if you're on like the lift 170 which is by far the fastest pumping foil i've ever felt and the 980 is a little bit behind that you're covering distance so much faster the energy outputs higher but you're going to get there in half the time and so you're pumping for much less you're riding waves more and yeah it's just insane no i i love what you said there about that that's so true yeah uh, what have you been testing lately? I know that did Starboard stop making foils? Is that why you're on a, riding different foils right now? No, no, I've just um, been riding. Um, so I still ride Starboard foils. Okay. Only for stand up and and um, and wing. Okay. But for the most part, I'm riding AK foils for prone and kite. And so. I'm, I've kind of, uh, been able, uh, yeah, I'm riding both companies. Right on. What are the, yeah. uh, and what else have you been testing? You rode the 980. Uh, I know that you geek out on gear, kind of walk through what you've been testing and what feels you've had on, on different foils. I've, I've tried that NL, the GL by GoFoil. Um, I've tried the uni, um, I'm trying uh, the newest one that I've tried though, like the most recent design and shape. I think I want. Is it the NL that's the newest GoFoil? Yeah, with like the little wing tips. The, the NL one. Yeah, one thirty and one sixty. My buddy uh, Mike Pedigo rides those. And he rips on them. Just crazy how much he can breach on those foils and doesn't even affect them. Yeah, and that's that's something that I think is a really important thing as we continue to to do foil development is like like having a foil that can recover from breaches smooth yep um and that's one of the my biggest things i look for when testing a foil is is am i going to be able to recover 
my maneuver, my turn, whatever, if, if the tip breaks out, if I'm leaning it over as much as I want to, yep. the tip's going to break out and I need it to go right back in and let go of air as quick as possible. Yep. Um, That's the big drawback so, of that new, the new Armstrong I just finished te- or I'm testing. I love it. It's a good foil, but it doesn't breach. So, you know, you get like the, the elevator drop essentially when you know, you're doing a bottom turn and just the tip just doesn't even have to come out. It just gets like close to the surface and all of a sudden it's game over. And that's hard, yeah. man, because then you have to safety surf. And so there's something interesting about that uh, Takuma concept foil and how the air releases off the trailing edge. Um, yeah, honestly, I'd say the most excited I've ever been riding a foil is still probably the starboard 1300 wave and it's been my favorite foil for like five years i swear like yep the the, the flat slightly goal-shaped starboard wing um that was uh oh zane you there zane you there you come back Yes, I'm here. Hello. Oh, all right. So, so you you were saying we I just dropped you for a second. You were saying the the starboard 1300 with that gull wing, and then we cut we cut out. Yeah, the the starboard foil with that slightly gull shape is still to this day my my favorite performance based surf foil. Yep. Um, it just it rides so loose and it really uh rips turns and recovers from breaches and tips out. Yep. Um, the only thing that's hard about it is that low speed pump. Like you really have to be in that higher speed range to keep it pumping back out. Yeah. You know, I, I think that those foils and I have not ridden that starboard. I, you've told me it's good. Other people have told me it's really good. I've just never got my hands on one. Um, but I think it's very similar to like the unifoil stealth foils. Uh, or I guess he calls them the hyper and signature calls them the stealth and also like the MFC foils. And those in my experience are the best in a wave. So I, I can see what you're saying about that starboard. Yeah. And the new, um, the new starboard setup is pretty killer in the sense of convenient. And that's also something that I look at, um, cause I'm, I'm constantly traveling, moving, you know, um, in and out of, of gear from sup to surf to windsurf to foil. And so convenience is something that's important for, for me that I look at too. Um, and Starboard has just released a new quick lock system. And the quick lock system, I could be, I could be set up from, from taking my foil bag that has everything disassembled. I could take my foil bag from out of my truck and have it ready to go in the water within, I'm not even kidding you, under two minutes. What's the quick lock system? Can you kind of explain it? So the quick lock system, the the mass and the fuselage are one piece. But the fuselage is like, doesn't have the front part and the back part. It's really... The, the wing is attached, um, so the front wing attaches to the short little nub of the fuselage that's attached to the, to the, to the mast. Okay. 
and then the tail wing has an extension of the fuselage. Um, it's hard to explain, but Is if you look at like the, the starboard system, you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's still packed down, like just as small and as easy. Um, but now you have this, um, this this tongue system that, as you tighten it on the inside of the wing, on the on the fuselage, as you tighten it, it separates. It starts to uh, get wider, and so. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So it's a tongue system to the point where as you tighten it, the tongues spread apart. And so you literally only need to do a quarter to a full rotation, and it's on and tight. Really? And all of it tightens down together? Yes. And so you do literally one bolt on the tail wing, yep. quarter to a half rotation, one bolt on the front wing, quarter to a half rotation. There's a safety bolt on the front wing if you're if you're pushing it. Like if you're doing more serious shit, you could put a safety bolt in. But I've actually been doing a lot of my riding only using the quick lock bolts, quarter to a full rotation. Um, but you know, if I'm gonna go and do big jumps on my wing or do aggressive turns, then you know it doesn't hurt to throw in that security bolt on the front wing. But even if you do put in the security bolt, it's still including the attachment from the, to the foil to the board under two minutes. That's, that's epic. I don't even take my foils apart anymore. Um, Have you had problems with that? No, I, ha I haven't yet. I know that. Have you ever tried to take it apart? Yeah. 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 I mean, I do it. I do it every once in a while. Um, the Takuma mast fuse is all together, which I really like until I have to go, <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere. If I'm thinking about, you know, getting on a plane, which I haven't thought about in a long time, but it'd be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I noticed that with Kahi setup when he brought it to Maui, it was like so freaking bulky. Um, so that to me is like a downside to that Takuma is like, yeah, one is. of the best, one of the best happy mediums of pumping and surfing, but one of the worst for for versatility and travel and yep. packing down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's for sure. What about um? What else you want to talk about? Let's get into the foil coaching a little bit. I know that you've been focused on on that a lot. We talked about it on the last podcast. What has changed? in your understanding of coaching, getting people to a, you know, intermediate level in the last, since our last conversation, have you had any different, you know, foundational changes in the way that you're approaching coaching or in the progression that people should take kind of the steps along the way, the path? No, I don't think my process has changed too much. Honestly, I've, I mean, at this point I've done, I mean, just this summer, I hear on Maui through COVID, probably over 70 people. Wow. Um, and still the same kind of process I've been doing over the last seven years or so. Um, or it's been, yeah, I mean, it's all basic stuff, right? Um, one of the biggest things that I want to reaffirm to people that are listening that is, 
I've had so many people come to me at the verge of giving up because they didn't give themselves mentorship. Um, they bought thousands of dollars a year and just threw themselves into the surf with their paddleboard or their surfboard. And, you know, I've had students tell me that they've spent thousands of dollars, dozens of hours and multiple hospital trips and never had the flight they had with me in 30 minutes behind the boat, you know? And so it's important to get in a controlled environment. Number one example being behind a boat or jet ski with a coach or with an experienced rider that can share a little bit of a foundation with you because it's very counterintuitive from uh, a lot of other board sports we know. And it requires a great mental shift more than a control and understanding of, of the board and foil. You know, we kind of have to, in many ways, approach it very humbly in the sense that we're going to forget everything we know in the past and just start from a new foundation, start from scratch. And um, so behind the boat is where I get most of my success teaching because I could literally be driving my boat or jet ski as I'm looking over my shoulder or in my rear view mirror and be watching their every movement. And then on my walkie-talkie or with my or with just my voice, be giving them step-by-step instruction. Um, so then they don't have to think so much about all the things going on. You know, they could just think about staying erect, keeping their shift of weight distribution smooth and controlled forward and back between the front foot and back foot. Um, and then from there, just uh, just following the, the checks, you know. And so usually, it, um, yeah, I'd say usually we spend most of our time from all most of my lessons just finding the sweet spot on the board, getting from the stomach or from the knees up to the feet. You know, that's where most of the frustration and time I feel like is spent for most of the beginners or intermediates that I get out with, like, I'd say most of the energy and frustration is solely getting up to the feet. Once we know our sweet spot, once we know where our feet could kind should kind of go, things become a lot easier, especially if we have the appropriate posture, right? So most people want to get down low, butt out, chest over, you know, like kind of more like a shortboard surfer and, and really control the foil. Like if it goes, if it starts to veer left, push on the heels to the right. And that's just going to make it out of control. That's going to be completely out of control. And one of the, one of the best things to do is surrender to the foil, stand tall and erect with your head, chest and hips, center gravity stacked and simply focus on the shift forward or control on the water and the shift back for smooth, slow lift, minimizing everything toe to heel. And so we find control with that up and down roller coaster motion or that rise and fall as opposed to, um, you know, counterbalancing left to right, toe to heel. Yeah. You know, a couple thoughts there. Um, being with someone who understands foiling deeply, um, 
And if you're on Maui, get with Zane. Um, we'll get all his contact information at the end of the show. But just e- even in the smallest thing of knowing how fast to pull someone is incredibly important. Like when I'm when I'm teaching folks behind oh, yeah. the boat, I can control. Um, you see someone getting overlifted, you can you can slow down pretty quickly before you can tell them to lean forward and save their 100%. flight. You know, and so if you don't know how to foil, or if you have someone driving who doesn't understand foiling, you're not going to get that, and that's just going to give you so much more time on uh, on foot, which is what it all equates to. The other thing you said there that I think is so important and interesting is that. It's almost harder if you have a, the longer your surf background, the more ingrained all those surf habits are, which are exactly the opposite thing that you should do at the beginning, Yeah, you know? And I have found though, that the better I get, the more I am drawing in my surf experience. Um, But at the beginning, Zane's completely correct in saying like, you need to forget everything. There's going to be a moment when you bring it back in. But yep, exactly. it's not until, it's not for a while, you know. Not until we have that mental click where we're like, okay, I get the basic dynamics of controlling the foil and, and controlling the altitude, you know, o- only then, you know, can we start to think about the, the two-dimensional right. things that we've known in the past. But we really got to focus on just the single element of up and down. Yep. before you can start ripping left to right again. Yep. Um, but man, I mean, as far as, as far as uh, contacting me, Eric, I'd love for, I'd love to hear from any of your, your viewers. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Zaniac one, or check out my, um, my, my blog, uh, and website or my YouTube channel. I'm trying to always put up some exciting stuff and, um, educational videos. Um, right now I have a 10 episode series with starboard, um, for zero to hero with Zane, your wingboarding tutorial. Uh, we have, I believe seven episodes published and that's all via starboard channel. So if you want to find those, they're on the starboard sup and the free wing, um, uh, YouTube and, and Instagram channel. Um, but if you want more in depth, coaching i would be stoked to work with you guys in person my, my family and i run surf camps and retreats here on maui where we do like waterman packages you know for a little bit of everything you know depending on the conditions we've done been doing so much foil lately it's been kind of the most exciting thing to to teach um but yeah we're, we're here in Lahaina, maui and uh be able to um get out on the water with you guys would be a pleasure and if you can't actually make it to maui then we could do some uh some work online together um i've also started up a program called blaze coaching b-l-a-y-z-e dot i-o and uh on this platform we have uh, i've helped to start a basic foundation for surfing stand-up paddle and hydrofoil coaching so we have like personalized coaching videos, instructional how-tos, and as well, which is the coolest part about this fe- this feature, and, and my big inspiration to this was when COVID hit, you know, I had a lot of athletes hit, hitting me up saying, dude, we can't train, we can't get in the water, like, can you send me a video that I could study? Or can I send you a video and you critique it? And then they could be at home, you know, on quarantine and still feeling like they're progressing and working towards their goals. And so 
with Blaze.io, uh, you know, that's but one of the more exciting things about the coaching is you could work with guys like Connor Baxter for your race stroke technique, or you could work with me for your foiling and surfing. Send us in a short video. We'll go through on our video surveillance coaching app where we like hit the split screen where we could talk through your maneuvers, go through slow motion and use my digital pen to like draw arrows. And, and so that's been super cool. I've been helping a lot of people out lately with dock starts and a lot of Europeans send me their dock start videos and like, I'll help them out with dock starts or a lot of the Hawaii and America guys are sending me their, their girlfriends or partners or friends are filming them with their iPhone on the beach and sending in a little, quick clip of them on a wave and you know, we could work a lot with that kind of stuff and and honestly that's exactly how I progress and learn too aside from just repetition and experience on the water yeah. you know my greatest form of 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 uh coaching is working with my brother you know my brother's is a is a really talented filmer and the times that I feel like I'm able to really truly dissect my stroke is when we're sitting in front of the computer together hitting things on slow-mo really dissecting the body positions and, and wave positions and, and all those micro adjustments that could be made to have those incremental increases of control and confidence on the water. Yeah. You know, it is coaching is so underrated in board sports. I feel like it's becoming more normalized uh, and sought after, but I foil, we've got a crew here in, in Jacksonville, probably, I don't know, 10, 10 guys that foil pretty consistently together. And it's being able to, and they're all kind of getting into it after me. Some of them are really good surfers. Some of them come from different backgrounds, stand up, whatever. But knowing what's next in their progression and being able to give them like that one tip or the one gear recommendation or, you know, whatever it is. And then they get that feel and then it can change their progression where they might've been stuck in something for, you know, five sessions, 10 sessions, a couple months even, and then getting over that one hurdle, you can stack those skills so much quicker when someone who is, um, ahead of you in the learning curve can kind of point you in the right direction. Um, I'm a huge believer in coaching. I love it. Oh, me too, man. And I think most people in our background, Eric, are, are they want to be soul surfers or they truly are soul surfers, you know? And, um, I think in that sense, that's why we don't like coaching, yep. you know, because we, we want to take these experiences blow for blow and let the ocean be our teacher and, and, you know, let, let this repetition be guide us. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I like to compare foiling more to like, you know, skydiving than surfing. Like you're not going to go rent the backpack and jump off a cliff. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just unheard of. You might, you know, and, and I'm not relating it how to the danger factor of it. I'm more so relating it to the chance of losing excitement, the chance of losing faith that you could do it because I truly believe everyone can foil. It's a low impact sport. Dude, I've taught people with double hip replacements in their late sixties. I've taught, you know, um, young children, you know, it's, it's really something that everyone can do, you know, and it, it truly can be low impact with the right equipment, yep. the right driver and the right, um, instruction. 
you know, and, and it's one of the things that excites me the most about being a teacher is what you just said before there. And that's breaking down those barriers and helping people get past their plateaus. And for me, it makes me so excited. Like we don't have big waves every freaking day. You know, a lot of the time I'm just waiting for the big waves. So in between I spend my days on the water, whether it's training myself or training other people. And, you know, I spend an average of six to eight hours on the water a day, whether it be training myself or coaching others. And it, what excites me about working with beginner, like sometimes people be like, how, how could you be riding Jaws one day and then out with me on flat water the next? And it's because I see that excitement when someone breaks through their plateau. I see that light in their eyes when they're like, oh, my God, I'm flying. Or, holy shit, I can do this. You get to relive And, like, it, it, I do. I do. I live the stoke. Like, I literally see that, and I'm screaming like a little kid behind the driver's seat. Like, yeah, oh, killer. You're doing it. You're doing it. You know, and it's, like, it, it's fun. It's exciting. And it, it's, a, it's a moment that you'll never forget. Like, I still remember those times that Kevin Sullivan or Uncle Roy Yamada or Archie Kalepa or, or Dave Kalama took a short moment to give me a piece of advice or took a short moment to, to share something with me. Those moments I'll never forget, especially those moments you could actually implement it and get the reaction you desire. You know, it's like, it's, it's, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I truly believe coaching is huge. Like you said, Eric, and, no matter how much of an expert I, I rack hours on the water with, I'll, I'll always go back to my the people I trust as coaches. I mean, still to this day, I pay Uncle Dave Kalama occasionally for coaching. You know, if I if I sometimes I just want to really dial in myself, and I'll have to reach out to people that I trust. And you know, I still get coached on a, a, a often basis. You know, whether it's with professionals in my sport or whether it's with, you know, physical therapists or even better, other people in other sports. Like, um, I, I love working with people who are experts in other sports because I could learn from them how to implement those techniques into what I do. Can you give some and examples so like, of that? I think that's an interesting thread to pull on. So, Lion Farrell is a good buddy of mine here on Maui. Uh, very interesting combo. He's pretty much born and raised on Maui, and he's a gold medalist, uh, a half-pipe snowboarder. Um, or he's like a world champion snowboarder or something, or an X Games champion snowboarder. I'm not sure what class, but he's like a really, like one of the world's best snowboarders of his class. And he's from Maui. You know, like he, it's just like, how does that happen, Right. Well, it's because he's had a lot of other experience and other sports and other influences and has been able to translate those skills into something unique like snowboarding. And so I learned from that too, by going and working with like uh, snowboarders. And so I've jumped on the trampoline with some pro snowboarders and skiers and they're teaching me how to tuck and guide my landing and, and spot the landing and, and how to appropriately position your body for maximum control through rotation, you know, and, and how to increase spatial awareness through 
uh, a high altitude with rotation. Um, How do you do like, that? That, that? That blows these, my mind. Yeah, no, though, those type of things, to me, there's nothing that compares to what a lot of the skiers and snowboarders are doing for their freestyle stuff. I mean, the amount of rotations and flips and heights and just sheer situational awareness and aerial awareness is bar to none. Like there's, and so if, if I could just adopt some of that into what I do, shit. I mean, we haven't scratched the surface, Eric. I think we talked about this our last podcast. Like I guarantee that we're going to be doing shit like that on waves with the foil pretty soon here. You know, like multiple rotations, flips and spins. I mean, I don't know if you've just seen the recent post from Rowdy Kulo, Balls Mueller, but Balls Mueller for sure is my biggest inspiration in wing riding. Um, and he, he just recently landed a 1,200 on, on the wing foil. I didn't see it yet. Okay, you got to go look at that shit right now because it's, <laughs> it's insane. Like, you're going to screen record it, What's and name? you're going to watch it in slow motion 100 times. And you're still not going to understand it. I'm pulling him up now. What's his insta, do you know? Yeah, so that's the kind of shit we're going to see more of, whether or not it's with the wing or without. Um, Balls you know, and we, we, we have the opportunity to get that extra height, to get that extra hang time, we could say. And that's going to allow us to do flips and spins that no surfer has ever done. Oh my goodness! I'm looking at his Insta right now. This is his uh, Instagram for anyone who wants to check this out. Is ridiculo r a d i c u l o, and it is appropriately titled. I look at what you're doing, Zane. I look at what Jeffrey Spencer's doing, um, Kai. It's nuts, and I haven't I haven't really given a full. I'm so frothed on surf foiling right now, and it's so good, like right where I live, that I, I haven't really gotten into the winging thing yet, but it's pretty beautiful to know that there's a whole nother side to this sport that I can dive into whenever I feel like it. God, Man, this guy's it, gets nuts. Me, it gets me so psyched just talking about this shit. I'm just, I like want to just go freaking jump in the water right now. Um. <laughs> Dude, I'm watching it right now. I can see the ocean from us recording and it's going to be so good this afternoon today. I just got done with a, a session at my favorite spot. We've got this shoal. You know what? Today was a beautiful day because my son's been, like kind of stuck on a plateau for a little while and he's riding a smaller foil. He's riding a lift 100 surf with a 25 high aspect tail and it hasn't clicked yet for him. And I knew it was going to, and he did he actually built his own board. He like, I, I, I got him one cut. I designed him one and he glassed it himself. You know, the whole thing. It was awesome. Whoa, um, that's so freaking cool, dude. What, that's such awesome and fall sound experience. It was, it was rad. It was, it was really fun to, he, he basically did it all, you know, it's, um, and they actually did a pretty good job too. Like, um, I didn't. I only helped him drop in the boxes. That's the only thing I helped him do. Um, nice. to, yeah, that's an important job. Yeah, but I just don't want him using the router. That router scares me. I don't like using it. Um, yeah. But uh, it just clicked for him today, and he had some. It's like this shoal that that we surf, and he probably had four minute and a half, two minute like rides, like full on just surfing the whole time, and just clicked with turning on the foil and stuff. so good so man. awesome so um, awesome yeah he was so send frustrated me, send me some videos send me some videos of your son and you 
and yeah. I'll happily go through and do a pro bono um, video surveillance coaching sure. through the platform I was telling you about. I'd love I would to. love to be able to connect with your son again too. And um, um, but but yeah. hey, Eric, I, I don't mean to cut this call short. Cause I'm really enjoying talking with you. Um, but I actually got to get back to working on my boat here to prep for this Jaws swell. We're, we're leaving back to Peahi this afternoon. Right on, man. And I, I, I still got to reassemble my outboard engine. Um, <laughs> well, you took more time than we, than we had talked about. Dude, I appreciate it. This was awesome catching up. Um, thanks. Hey, last thing I want to note and send yeah. everyone off with is, um, is the importance of etiquette. Uh, so no matter how much we push the limits in the sport, no matter how far excited or distracted we get in our own shit and ego, we, we have to remember that uh, we're, we're setting an example. We're still all early ambassadors of this sport, and we should take pride as, as pioneers and early ambassadors to set the right examples. And, um, and one of the things I wanted to say was if you're watching the videos or photos of the recent Jaws session, um, just know that that wasn't just a, a, a thrown-together thing, right? As spontaneous as it was, it was calculated. Um, I had uh, a few people asking me about if I thought I was putting people in danger out in the water. And I did a very, uh, I, I thought about this appropriately and asked, communicated with the jet skis and made sure that, you know, I was going to take a, a, go out at the appropriate time with less people on the water. And as well, the surfers knew I was going to go out and foil the jet skis knew I was going to potentially lose my foil and wing. And so, you know, that's a collaborative effort and it takes responsibility. Right. And, you know, I, I think there's one way to go about doing it and there's another. And, um, and so even if it's as simple as wearing a leash out in your local lineup or just deciding to ride away from other people, that's always my favorite thing to do. Um, you know, that's, that's important. And, um, if you are in places with other people, you know, be extra considerate if you can, you know, as Duke, as Duke Kahanamoku would say, there's always going to be another, that another wave that comes, let this one go by, you know? And so we, we don't need to be wave hogs, even though we can. Um, and uh, let's, let's try and keep the vibes on the water. Cool with, with our foiling community. Well said. Um, thanks again for coming on. I know that, uh, this was short order, but thought it'd be really fun to get this done kind of after those clips and that experience and to capture it fresh in the mind. So thanks for doing that, man. And crush it. It's next swell. Can't wait to see the clips. Yeah, brother. Yeah, dude. Such a pleasure to chat. Such a pleasure. And, um, Hey, you got, you and your son got to get out to Maui. So, you know, we got our, we got our guest houses on property. We would be happy to host you and your family. And it's been, it's been, well, geez, how long has it been since Nosara, our progressive project trip? I think it's been five years now, man. Isn't that crazy? That's insane, right? dude. This is a year before I left. Um, dude, we, we were talking to you. I mean, we could do the sidebar, but we were talking to you guys about coming out, and then COVID hit. And with Sarah, we've got to be pretty careful. So yeah, fingers crossed for when we can get back to traveling. I'm just super grateful that I'm in a spot where I can foil every day, man. I think about it every day. So keep an eye out for Kira's place, Costa Rica, uh, Eric, because my, my good friend, like pretty much my, my brother, he, he just up and moved to Marbella. 
pretty oh. near to you. Yeah, I um, love Marbella, dude. He's, he's going to be setting up a boutique hotel and um, and coffee shop and uh, a place for surfers to, to be hosted. And and we're going to be setting up um, some retreats in the area there with him. So we'll have to collaborate with what you're doing as well. Let's do a, do let's do a joint stuff. foil a foil retreat down there, man. I've got that whole coast there dialed. You know this. Um, yep. Oh, I I know, man. You showed us the most amazing time, dude. I I can't wait to get back out there. And yeah, it. for everyone listening, man, you guys have heard it here. We're we're gonna be doing it. <laughs> foil retreat, Costa Rica, rock and roll. I love it, man. <laughs> Dane, have a great day, dude. Crush it this afternoon. And uh, thanks again for the uh, for the time teaching us. Oh all. yeah. Okay. Aloha. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>